0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brendan with Evoke Bike. So this podcast, sometimes these soft skill ones, I say, won't make you faster on the bike, but this one definitely will. And it really make, kind of makes me think of why this podcast started. You might This might be uh, one of your first podcasts that you've listened to from Evoke Bike. And what we're really doing is sharing our experiences. We are all constantly trying to learn and get better and also tell some stories. And I think really... When I think of myself growing as a cyclist, I definitely have mentors that I look towards and try to pick their best practices, whether it's about training or racing and in business, talking to people that are much farther down the line than me. And, you know, spending money on education and on mentorship is a huge thing that the more you read about some of the biggest, baddest athletes, leaders, Mentors come up quite often. And one thing that I thought was interesting was, you know, a mentorship doesn't always have to be a two-way street. While it's great that if you want to try to provide value to the person providing a ton of value to you, let's say, you know, a guy that I talk about a lot, Gary Vee, who helped me launch Evoke Bike, I would definitely consider him a mentor and he has no idea who I am. So, okay, Brendan, what does this have to do with cycling? I think you want to find mentors in the cycling space that are regional to you and how would you do that and this is really you know if you don't race a lot then your your pool of people might be smaller because you do like local races or excuse me local group rides and races but there's going to be someone that stands out that is probably on another tier of performance than you and watching how they ride you know watching and asking questions of how do they recover what training sessions do they do? Um, you know, I mentioned to Ted King that when in our podcast, when I went to Green Mountain, one reason why I was like, I don't want to say scrambling. Once I had the points for my cat one, I was hounding them to give it to me, so that I I had to get it approved in a week because I had just won the Chris Thayer Crit and gave me enough points to get my one. And I messaged the guy and I was like, hey. I really wanna be one at Green Mountain because I wanna be able to race and see how Ted King races this race. And I learned a lot of things just from watching him in keeping himself protected. He was a solo rider there coming back from Cervelo test team. This was really before a lot of people did the privateer thing in gravel. Solo riding has become much more popular for a lot of reasons, but it was interesting to watch Ted and how he would manage a race when he was the only one there. But the mentor that I want to talk about, and I, I, this guy has no idea that I'd even mention him, and I don't really know if he rides that much, was Wayne Bray. And he was outside of Rochester. He was closer to Syracuse, I believe, or maybe Watertown area-ish. He rode for Embrocation, which was more of a Cat 2 team. He rode for MVP Healthcare. And this guy was just a super strong rider at cross and road and won, I think it was my first Cat 3 race. So I went five to three, my first season, then three to one, my second season. And this was, you know, (laughs) the OGs. I know people still talk about this. I definitely do. It was when upgrading was, it was very difficult because you only had a 12 month rolling window and you had to race a lot. And USA Cycling wasn't as encouraging of people upgrading then. Um, So I went to my first Cat 3, it was a one-two-three race. And... We were on the Bloomfield course, which is a rolling course that I I say is relentless because you're either going up or down. There's no real long climbs, but it's one of those times where, like, when you're a Cat 3 racing Cat 1s, it's hard to eat because you're kind of on the rivet all the time. When they're riding, like, high-tempo threshold, you're definitely riding threshold. And I remember a group had gone up the road, and it's, you know, being my first three race, it's one of the times where you're like... You're not even knowing what's going up the road. You're just you're just like, wow, this is very fast. There's a lot happening. Like people are attacking. Like, I just didn't even know what was really going on. And we're at a point where I don't think, I think Wayne maybe had teammates up the road. But he's just deciding to like set this tempo that I'm like eight guys back. Just like this is really do. Like I might get dropped right now. And we're just like trudging along. I'm like, this dude is badass. Like, I want to be able to ride like that one day. And just being in that race with him made me see him in a different light before races. I kind of would see like, what's he doing? What's he? I never really noticed people's bikes, but like, what's he doing before a race? Does he seem to be warming up? You know, what's he eating? You know, what's his temperament? Like, how does he seem in the group? He was a very calm, cool, collected person, like, always had a poker face on, or he seemed to be laughing, like, seemed like a happy dude, but he just had this really athletic vibe about him, and it really, like, I just, I was like, man, I want to be, like, a super strong rider like that, um, that's a one-way mentorship, like, I offered nothing to him, I didn't even really engage with the guy, um, but then you get to come up and you get to race your mentors. And I think I've talked about, you know, I was in the New York State Road Race on the Bristol Mountain course. Wayne and we had another guy Lance was with us and I was like there's no way I'm going to be able to drop Wayne. And I was like, "Dude, you've been training like you got to give it a shot." And I was plotting when I would attack him. And I actually ended up attacking him, got away and won. And it was a huge win for me. Now, you know, I I really I like winning state championships. Um, They definitely mean something to me. I know some athletes don't seem to care as much about them. Um, Some it's only like nationals, but I think the state one, it says something, especially for road racing. But to beat Wayne, a guy that I'd looked up to um, for like a year and a half, just like, man, I want to be able to, to ride like that. It just gives you this added boost. And when you have these other figures that you can look towards, it gives you you know more motivation I don't know if it's more motivation but it was kind of like it sets another litmus besides your own personal performance and your own race goals like hey am I getting closer to being as good as him you know he seems really strong in a break can I ride like that um there's another guy Todd Shusky that everyone was like don't bring Todd to the line he's a super strong sprinter he does a ton of track racing I always thought like okay if I want to beat this guy who's like one of the OGs in Rochester, I need to figure out a way to get away from him well before the finish line. So it's like a different type of mentor in that you're just only focused on trying to figure out how to beat him at his own game. Um, and there's so many of these people around you. The caveat to this is remember that there's a lot of information out there. There are, There's a lot of people that aren't training as, as optimally as they could they either do too many group rides or they don't understand the different types of physiological traits that we all have. Um, And then take your tips wisely and, you know, double fact check your tips. And uh, I just had an email from a guy that had reached out for a power power file analysis that Josh is going to handle. And it was interesting in just that he had made the comment he He felt like from WKO... Let me see if I can actually pull up his uh, actual email. From WKO, he had this sense that FTP was his biggest limiter. And he did pretty decent in a gravel race in Maine. Really wanted to focus more on it. Um, He had been using a more of a template-based system from September to April, but got really tired of the monotonous intervals on the trainer. And then he said he did a small VO2 max block. uh, And he had been struggling with higher power intervals. And then he got a plan from somebody and it had a lot of anaerobic trainings. Like this is interesting. Like I'm going super hard now, but that's not really stuff I encountered in the race. Something just seems off. And that's the problem with templates. Like they have a hard time truly understanding you. Um, A quick recommendation from somebody isn't going to always know you. Like they have to look through your power files. They have to look through what your strengths and weaknesses are. They have to apply that knowledge to what training can you do to get to your goal When WKO is telling you that your FTP is a limiter and you feel that and you just don't have the overall engine for these races, anaerobic training is not the answer. It's actually just the opposite. Doing more anaerobic training is going to push your FTP down. That is bad. Most athletes that are trying to upgrade, the biggest problem is the race is just too fast, right? Like you're trying to race guys that have been, or girls that have been racing longer, they just can ride more watts than you, you need to increase the engine, not just a one-minute effort. So use your critical thinking skills as you're applying training recommendations to your training to make sure it aligns with your goals. And I will make a video in more detail on this. It just gets... The topic can get complicated and it's so personalized that I've sat down to create some notes and it quickly gets into... Maybe it's better a blog post. It just gets dense very quickly and I really want to be putting out stuff that it doesn't create more confusion um and that's the point of a lot of these quick podcasts is hey this is one super focused topic you can take something with it and go on I think the hour-long podcasts are great and kudos to people that are doing those there's just so much information that if you're not diligently taking notes and you're just catching bits and pieces I, I don't always think it helps us so anywho Um, I wish you the best of luck with your training and I hope that you, I kind of lost my train of thought right there. I was just looking back for my notes here. Um, hope you can find a mentor and someone that you can look, look up towards and engage with them and just be like, Hey, I'm trying to get better. Got any tips and see what they tell you. Good luck out there.